Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And each and every week, I have people that reach out to me and say, how do you pick who your next guest is going to be? It seems kind of random, the different subject matter that we go through week to week in this show. And I just go where my travels lead me and just follow good stories and look for great conversations. And so today's has led me to Millard West, along with Brooke Van of ESU7 is here uh, to join us for today's conversation. And actually, her cousin, Camille O'Neill, who is a junior here at Millard West, uh, is going to share a little bit of her story today, uh, along with Mr. Tyler Verzina, who is her physics teacher. Uh, And so uh, we're going to start things off basically with a a little bit of an introduction. And so Camille, if you would, we already established that you're a junior here at Millard West. Can you tell us a little bit more of your backstory? Um, Sure. So like Andrew said, I'm a junior at Millard West. I was born Um, prematurely um, at 25 weeks. And because I was born prematurely, um, I have this eye condition called retinopathy of prematurity. And so basically what that is, is when I was little, my retinas detached from the back of my eye. And then eventually I had to get an eye removed. And so I have no vision in my right eye. Um, That eye is a prosthetic eye. And then as far as my left eye goes, I have no peripheral vision. It's basically all central vision. You can kind of think of it as putting a toilet paper roll close to your eye and then putting wax paper on the toilet paper roll. Um, That's how my vision is. And so throughout my schooling, I've had to make several accommodations to learn as efficiently and effectively as my peers with normal vision do. Yeah, and I know you have a cousin here in Brooke who is incredibly proud of you, which is how we kind of got connected for this story. Uh, And so I will let Brooke actually speak to that for a minute. Yeah, and Andrew's in charge of the podcast, and I just had said, have you ever interviewed a student? Because if not, I have a great student in mind who's part of a specific student group that we talk about a lot, which is special education. And she happens to be a 16-year-old high school student who's navigating a really big building at Millard West as a visually impaired student who came travels. And she'd be a really great interview, and that led us to today. Yeah, really grateful that you took the time for this conversation. And so, Camille, uh, when we talk about kind of adversity that you face maybe on a, on a regular basis and persevere through, as we're hearing too from, from your cousin, what does that look like, I guess, for you? Um, so as far as school goes, basically just trying to figure out all of my tools and like my technology needed for each class to help me learn at the pace that my sighted peers learn. So for example, I have this technology called my eSight glasses where I can put these glasses on my head and then they basically enhance my vision and help me to be able to see the board from a distance so I don't have to like sit in any particular spot closer to the board than all of my peers 
peers and it, they also help me like see regular print worksheets so that worksheets uh, don't have to be blown up at all. Okay, and so that's some of the, the academic things that you have to kind of work through is being able to perceive the content that's on the board or that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you speak to a little bit about, uh, as Brooke mentioned, the, the physical environment as well? Do you find that to be challenging at times? Um, yeah, so when I first started uh, touring Millard West as an eighth grader, I was really overwhelmed because it just seemed so large and that fear was erased quickly because I have an awesome orientation and mobility instructor who I've had since elementary school who really helped me overcome that fear. So when we first started coming, we found like basic things such as like the office and the cafeteria and like all of those things. And then once I got my schedule every year, we would do a run in the school where we would walk to each one of my classes in order, like beforehand. So that way I knew where they were. And on the first day of school, I wasn't standing there trying to figure out which class am I supposed to go to now? Like, so I wasn't like standing there not knowing where to go. Right. So you like had a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and so as a former freshman English teacher myself, uh, I understand the uncomfortableness for the for a sighted freshman to be able to find their way around mm-hmm. a, a large building. And one of the things that you shared in your comment there was because uh, you wanted to kind of you said the word fear. And so there's an emotional piece to this that goes beyond the functional navigation. And it sounds like you've gotten comfortable with that. But do you remember what that felt like? Or or does it, I don't want to put words in your mouth, does it still kind of feel unnerving? Or do you feel a little more at ease at this point? At this point, I feel a lot more at ease than I was my freshman year. I just remember the first time going into Millard, the first time I'd ever gone into Millard West, like, as an eighth grader with my orientation and mobility instructor, I just remember all of the thoughts starting to flow into my head thinking, oh my gosh, this is so big. Like, how am I ever going to get around? And over time, I've just learned all of the routes inside the school building. And luckily, I've had some tricks that have helped me, like such as like the numbering system of the classrooms or landmarks tend to help me a lot when navigating unfamiliar environments. And Camille, does it help that this place is set up like a big prison block? Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) That that does help. Uh Well, uh, and it's interesting as you were sharing that about the visitor space, uh, my mind did flutter back to the classroom and thinking about the role that prior knowledge plays in grounding all of us when we get into uncomfortable situations. And whether that's, you know, an elevator in a physical space or in a classroom, having somebody to connect what you're going through academically with things that maybe you're a little bit more familiar with. And I can hear and you're talking about the physical environment that you had an adult that was there, an educator to kind of walk you through it. And and so probably a nice segue for us to turn to Mr. Brazina for a moment, who's your physics teacher. And so how about you give us an introduction to Mr. Brazina? 
You said you would like to pick a teacher to share out today, and you chose Mr. Presida. So mm-hmm. could you explain why that is? Um, I chose Mr. Brzezina because he would have a lot to say, uh, like, as far as accommodating me. I think he's done a great job, like, especially considering physics is, like, very a very visual subject. He's done a great job of accommodating, like, certain things for me. And so I thought it would just be a good idea to get his perspective as a teacher of, like, a visually impaired student. But knowing the class has some really visual aspects to it. Wonderful to be here, and I'm, I'm so thrilled that, that you asked me to be part of this and, and uh, share some thoughts. Uh, there, there's certainly plenty here uh, to talk about, and it has been a wonderful journey so far. We've got, uh, what, two and a half weeks left, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're about there. Yeah, well, and will you kind of frame for us your history and education then? And so how long have you been teaching? And yeah, and- uh, Sure. Uh, yeah, so uh, this is my 23rd year teaching. Uh, I've, I've been at Millard West uh, my entire career, except for student teaching. I've taught uh, physics and, and some chemistry along the way there as well. And uh, I've had uh, a lot of opportunities to work with thousands of students uh, over the years. And every one of them brings more to the table in terms of uh, how you can become a better teacher and individual. Uh, certainly, uh, this these last several months working with Camille has absolutely made me a better teacher. Uh, I'm so excited for what she's brought to the table in terms of ways that I need to look at things, uh, just things that help uh, a student who's having uh, challenges with sight. But uh, those kinds of additions help all students. Uh, and so I, I feel like I'm a better teacher because of Camille. So I'm so grateful for that. Huh. I would like really want to press into that too then and say like, just how, just generally, and I think you, you touched upon it there, but with like a little bit greater depth, maybe what, um, yeah, well, you know, being a teacher of physics, this is uh, definitely a visual rich environment. Uh, we, we do a lot of geometry. We do a lot of calculations. We do a lot of spatial reasoning, putting forth labs and demonstrations. There's a lot to look at. And a lot of times there's not a lot of auditory pieces that go with that. And so as a teacher, I need to really think about this. And I always use Camille's description of her own vision where it's like, I'm looking through a toilet paper tube with wax paper on the end. It's all like, okay, if I were that person, what would I want to hear right now? Uh, And so uh, that's helped me to articulate what I need to say. And I struggle with a lot of these things uh, too, because uh, as as I was telling Camille, I I don't know when it was two weeks ago, we were having this conversation, but I feel like I have a bird brain. And as a bird brain, uh, I think that they have some magnetic cells in there that help them align to the Earth's magnetic field. So I, I can often feel like I'm pointing west. Like right now, I'm pointing west uh, in this room with, without any windows. But I really struggle with left and right, saying left and right. I just, I got to stop. I got to think. I got to put my, my left hand out there and make the L. It's like, okay, this is my left side. And so when I'm describing things on the board or in relation to where things are at in the classroom or where to look for a particular demo, particularly for Camille, I'll be like, okay, now if you look to the eh, eh, left, uh, yeah, uh, and, and on the, the upper left, uh, you, you can see this. And, and so that's uh, helped me hone in on those uh, spatial skills for myself. Uh, well, 
number of things. One, Camille's laughing, so I know there's an authenticity to what you're talking about there. <laughs> she does, she does. Uh, which is terrific. And, and, and two, what I love about great educators is first the, the empathy to start from the place of saying, I put myself in Camille's position to look through... Oh, you know, like talking about the toilet paper roll with yeah. the wax paper on the end. And, and from that place, then to say, I still have the capacity to grow, change, think about my work differently than I have in the 20 years I've been doing this because Camille matters that much yeah, <laughs> to, to yeah. me to be able to do that. Yeah. And I, let's just kind of pause for a quick second and say that's part of why we're here right. <laughs> because I'm so proud that these stories exist within education, within our state, within the town that I personally live in. And I love the thought of trying to raise those more for the individuals involved like yourselves, um, but also because I think collectively as a profession and in education, we need to like wrap our arms around that. Um, Absolutely. Uh, more. And so in the midst of all that, yeah, Brooke. So one of the questions I have for Mr. Brezina, who's when you think back to the first time that you heard you were going to have Camille in your class and you knew a little bit about her, what were some of the thoughts you had or feelings you had as you knew you were going to be instructing her in a general education classroom with physics? Well, this is going to sound cheesy, uh, but I, I really was excited for the opportunity uh, because I knew that it would would help me be a better teacher. And, and I knew, too, that it would give me an opportunity to hone in on some teaching skills and to have the opportunity to show somebody how much they're cared about. And I, I think back to some of my trainings back in college. And I remember at that time we were told, you know, teaching science is 10% science, 90% other. And, you know, when you really get into this profession and start working with the students, you really start to resonate with that thought that it is about caring. It's about being a good human being. It's about doing all you can do to make an experience wonderful for another individual. And by 23 years into this, the, the science takes care of itself. Uh, that, that comes pretty easily and naturally now uh, to talk about the formulas and the vectors and, and whatever else. Uh, but the fun comes in the new challenges for how to present that in a cool, creative way. It was really important to you, and it is really important to you, that even after 23 years, you're still striving to be a better teacher and a greater teacher. And it's like a deep part of yourself that you want to make better humans, right? Not just like better yeah. physics learners or better scientists, but better humans. Yes. What specifically might you say to Camille in terms of like one of the greatest learnings that you've had? I am truly amazed by her spirit of wanting to embrace the learning and those kind of students that are about the learning and the caring and are just got good hearts. Uh, I'm so willing and, and eager to bend over backwards for them. And Camille, do you feel like that is something? So before we started recording the podcast, we, we had a, a conversation about how you feel like from the staff here at Millard West to even your peers, mm -hmm. um, that there's a lot of support that has helped to make navigating the day to day easier. And I, and I think that, that kind of speaks to school culture. So I thought maybe I'd give you a chance to kind of elaborate on that now that we're actually recording. Um, yeah, so here at Millard West, I've definitely had a lot of support throughout my high school career. 
I feel like all of my teachers, both general education and like my teacher, the visually impaired, and my orientation and mobility instructor, and so many other people on my team have just supported me throughout high school, no matter what circumstances came up. And I feel like everybody is really wanting to accommodate for me. And I feel like I've learned a lot in high school. And I I feel like I've had as good of a high school experience as I wanted to. I feel like my experiences in high school are similar to that of my peers, like being visually impaired doesn't change the good experiences that I've had. From a teacher's perspective, I I see this all the time as well. I I see other students in the class really look at Camille as as an equal and really appreciate everything that you bring to the table as well. And, And, you know, Camille, you've always contributed so much to class and our class conversations and, you know, those awkward silences where Everybody's just kind of waiting for somebody to say something because I like to do a lot of wait time. Uh, Camille, you're, you're there with a great response and people look relieved. It's like, oh, thank you, Camille, for, for moving this gravy train along. This is great. <laughs> and you mentioned that a little bit earlier, that it's not, you know, when you have a student like Camille in your class, they're just parts of you that become better. Yes. She's such an advocate in class that makes the teacher better and the other students better. Yeah. And, and you know, all the, the willingness to come out and say, Mr. Brezina, that, that doesn't really uh, work for me so well, or you really haven't said it like that. But you say like, well, maybe one thing, if you could slow down a little bit right here, that would help me out. Or those pieces have been really hugely helpful in making those, those accommodations just to, uh, to articulate that and to, to bring those up. Well, and two things that I feel like I want to highlight in this. And one, Camille, I hope that every student can leave their high school experience saying what you're sharing there is that I felt understood. I felt like it met and exceeded the expectations I had for this as an experience. And it's in large part because of the people. And wow, what a testament to the community within Millard West here. Uh, And I also noted when you were talking, you sort of began in your last comment about accommodations. And so a question that I had kind of been thinking about, and and really as a as a classroom practitioner myself at one point in time, like this is it's a tough thing to wrap your mind around is where to draw the line with this is the proper accommodation for this student in this scenario to where it's not going to necessarily make things easier than it needs to be, but it's going to meet them at a place where that that healthy growth and challenge in the moment is still there. And there's never a right answer for that. <laughs> you know, and no one gets that perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Mr. Brazina, I'd ask, and then, and then Camille, we'll get your opinion on this too. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? How do we do that in education? Maybe not the answer, but the process. is I'm Not to lead it too much, but I think that there's something there to kind of delineate between those two. Yeah, I, I think, wow, when growing humans, <laughs> uh, <laughs> as, as we, we try to do here. Um, I'm still there. <laughs> right, right, same, right? We're, we're all trying to figure this yes. out. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, it's hugely important to be just flexible with so many things. I mean, it's it's not just somebody uh, that, that has an IEP guiding uh, their instruction. I think we we got to think every student's got an IEP in, in some form. And uh, you have to be open to ebbing and flowing with the needs at that moment with, with each student. And that certainly comes through flexibility. 
Camille, what your thoughts playing off of that? Um, yeah, I agree with Mr. Brevina that teachers should really be flexible, like, with their students, and teachers, like, shouldn't care if the student has any kind of, like, special education documentation. If something isn't working for a student and the teacher notices that, the teacher should reach out to the student either like in person or by email to figure out like what's not working and they should figure out a plan as to how to how, how to change it so it is working for the student. So in like physics, for example, um, there's a lot of things that are really visual. And so Mr. Brezina has been really good about giving me extra time for assessments and things. And so that way I can do like assessments to the best of my ability and vision won't impact how I do on the assessments or like my, my grade in the class at all. Well, and the, the rigors of these assessments are the exact same as, as all the others in, in this class too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I always want to keep the rigors as high as possible for every student, uh, whatever level that they're at. And so, you know, when we're flexible, we got to look at, you know, where is that rigor line going to be at uh, for Camille? I mean, it's, it's the same rigor as everyone else. But uh, I'm also a staunch believer in this, that the learning is the constant and the time is the variable. And it takes Camille a little bit longer to see things, to look around. Uh, and, and so what if it takes her a little while longer to process everything visually in order to come out and, and come up with a solution? There's nothing wrong with that. And so we accommodate uh, by adding a little bit more time, but that that doesn't mean the learning is any less. Well, I want to add a variable to this equation while we sit in a physics class, which is kind (laughs) of fun, um, and and say, too, that I also think maybe a couple of variables. There's the student's effort. Uh, and that doesn't always necessarily mean academic prowess. <laughs> that means at any given time that they're willing to invest in that, that healthy struggle. And I think that being able to know that the student is applying themselves to the degree that they're capable of helps us dial in that you know, sensitivity to where they are at that given time and, and to find uh, different solutions when that's clearly not working. And then maybe a second variable of relationships, because uh, in order to stay at that place, of tension and have it be healthy and constructive uh, really takes uh, that relationship piece to be strong. And that's therein is the art of teaching. (laughs) And, you know, I I think that we can kid ourselves and say that we could give tests that would, you know, produce more tests that would tell us exactly, you know, the proper challenges, but that's, that's not it. It can be a a part of it, but uh, uh, what you're talking about there is just something that's really beautiful when it's done well. And, and that's why we're here is to capture that story today. So uh, thank you both for, for sharing that out. Uh, maybe once around the table here, because 30 minutes, like I say, every time on the podcast goes really fast. Uh, I'd love to kind of hear some closing thoughts. Brooke, do you want to start us off? Yeah, well, I'm curious about I'm curious about two things. So you can choose, Camille, what question you might want to answer. And you too, Mr. Brzezina. One question I have. When we consider the audience that this podcast might reach, it's potentially going to be a lot of people in education and Camille's family. 
<laughs> which is a lot of us. It's already reached one person. It's already reached one person. That's right. So potentially the scope of this podcast could reach a lot of educators. And Camille, when you think about what you might want to tell teachers and you want them to hear it from you, what might you say to teachers out there that are listening to the story about you? I think I, I want to say that throughout my schooling, I've had people that have really supported me. And I believe that that has led to most, if not all, of my academic successes is support from teachers and parents and family members. And so my advice to teachers is just no matter what kind of student the student is or no matter what challenges the student has faced, I would advise teachers to try to build a really good relationship with all of the students because I think relationships play a significant part in academic success, at least for me. There's some trust there too, I think. Mm-hmm. Major trust. With yeah. Mr. Berzina, and that's mm-hmm. what's part of what's made this so magical in physics. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to mirror that as well because it is all about the relationships and it's about the caring. And that's not something that you can fake. What's heard a teacher say, well, so what you're saying is all you have to do is you, you act like you're caring. It's like, no, you, you don't act. You just, you got to truly care. You can't fake this stuff, right? But I think if, if you're truly looking out for the, the best interests of fellow human beings, things are going to take care of themselves. And then the, the, the educational relationships uh, are going to be built. Well, I just want to say thank you to everybody involved in the conversation today because truly it has been inspiring to me to, to sit here and just listen in. And uh, I know that it can be a lot to, to share your story out, but I'm grateful and I'm sure the folks listening in are as well to know, again, that these types of things are going on here within Nebraska and that we're really proud of, of the education and the experience that we have a chance to advocate for and provide and, and be a part of. And Camille, I want to wish you nothing but the best in your future too. Senior year next year. Thank and- you. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's, it's a little scary, but you know. <laughs> well, if I've learned anything today, it's that I think you'll navigate whatever comes your way just fine. So thank you for your time today. And well, thank you so much. This was a wonderful opportunity. Really appreciate uh, everybody listening. I appreciate your time. Thank you.